Well, the Fed keeps talking about pushing rate cuts back whilst the Bank of Japan resists pushing rates up at all. So is it any wonder the Japanese yen is feeling a bit of pressure? Uh, that is not all today. All prices are a fair bit higher as well. And bond yields up a little too. Uh, with today's big question, will there be any CPI revisions in the US tonight? And another question, how's Michelle Bullock going to do in front of the House of Reps hearing today? And another question, am I making today sound more exciting than it really is? Quite possibly. It's Friday, it's the 9th of February 2024. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a big hike in oil prices this morning. WTI is up 3.6%. Brent is up 3.3%. That's pushed Brent well over 81 a barrel, heading up towards 82. And that is despite, as we talked about yesterday, despite a build-up in oil inventories last week. Uh, Obviously, it's all to do with the Middle East. We'll talk about that today. A 0.2% rise in the US dollar on the DXY. The Aussie is down 0.4% to below 65 US cents. No big moves in the euro or the pound, but the Japanese yen, the big mover over Overnight, it's down 0.8% against the US dollar. The share market is a bit lackluster in the United States. The Dow and the S&P were both in the red until the last hour of trade, uh, both closing around 0.1% up. The S&P reaching 4998, not quite hitting the 5,000 mark yet. And the Nasdaq up a quarter percent. But in Europe, the Eurostoxx 50 up 0.7%. The FTSE 100 down 0.3%. And bond yields are moving higher, up four basis points for 10-year Treasury is up to 4.16%. German 10-year Bunds also up four. UK 10-year gilts, though, up six basis points to 4.05%, back to mid-December levels. And Aussie 10 years, 4.1% yesterday, now on futures, close to 4.15%. So that's five basis points higher. Sky Masters is with me today from NAB in Sydney. So Sky, bond yields pushing up. Equity is struggling a bit, but, you know, they've had a good run, haven't they? And that's been helped, obviously, by all the uh, the strong earnings and the, the positive outlook. So Disney, for example, yesterday actually missed on any expectations. Earnings were flat over the year, but they are going to engage in cost cuttings to get their earnings per share up. And sh- uh, shares have already gone up, so it's worked. Shares are up 4% today, and they're going to get bigger on gaming as well. So, uh, so that's helped. So we've got this upbeat expectations for the UK economy. It's being helped by the share market. Uh, hopefully, it'll broaden beyond the tech sector. So there continues to be a fair bit of positivity in the US, it seems, uh, which I guess just adds to the Fed's argument, doesn't it? The economy's doing well. There's no need to rush. Yeah, good morning, Phil. Um, I think, you know, as, as you say, bond yields have drifted higher overnight. I mean, you know, yesterday they drifted lower, so it's just sort of this... You know, drifting. one day up, one day, yeah, drifting, drifting at the moment. Um, as I guess everyone just waits for for a bit more clarity um, around the direction of central banks. Um, but, you know, the, the data that we obviously didn't get very much data overnight, mm-hmm. um, but the data in, in general that we've seen over the last couple of weeks has, has you know, pointed to that sort of resilience in, in economies. Um, and yeah. so... You know, is that what's sort of buoying equity markets, um, possibly, but possibly also the expectation of easier policy is is as well. Um, and you know, overnight we, uh, you know, continue to get um, central bank commentary sort of pushing back on um, on expectations of, of near term near term easing. Um, yeah, because you're saying we want, you know, we're not, you know, the question about more clarity from central banks. But I mean, the Fed is being very clear, isn't it? Thomas Barkin, you're talking about from the Richmond Fed overnight at the Economic Club of New York. I mean, just 
passing that same message. They just want to see more data. He says uh, a few more months of data before they can really make their mind up. Yeah, look, I think, I mean, that's been the, the, the chorus that they've all been in singing um, out of the FMC is, is that they want a, a few more months of data um, to have certainty that, uh, you know, in, inflation is actually sustainably lower. And I think an interesting point Barkin said overnight was, um, you know, I, I don't think he was noting, like he said, from a risk management perspective, a bank would not want to shift course quickly. Um, so I think that's meaning, he, mm. they, you know, the Fed wouldn't want to start easing too early and then realise that was a mistake and have to start taking those rate cuts back. Um, you know, so, so I think they feel that they obviously have time on their hands and, um, and they can wait for, for, that, for that clarity. Um, and, you know, yeah. markets aren't quite convinced yet. So I guess that's why you continue to get um, Fed speakers trying to trying to push back on, on market pricing. I think the other interesting thing Barker noted was, you know, the risk that maybe um, neutral is higher. No, no, I think you talked about this with Tapas on the, on the podcast yesterday. Yes. Um, but it is something that we have been talking about and writing about that, um, you know, the Fed's long run dot plots do point to, you know, the long run Fed funds rate being at 250. Um, but, you know, given the, the resilience in, in the US economy at a time when inflation is actually heading lower, you know, it is pointing to that risk that neutral is is higher. And I, I wonder whether, you know, in the next March meeting, we actually see um, the Fed raise that long run dot plot. Um, so, mm. you know, I, th I think it's only a matter of time that that, that happens and, and maybe that does come come in March because the data is certainly pointing to that possibility. Yeah. Um, so lots of unknowns, aren't there? Like when do they start now? Where do they finish and how long does it take to get there? So those dot plots are, uh, or that dot plot uh, is got, or dots plot. Whichever one it is, uh, that's that's going to be particularly important <laughs> this time, isn't it? Hey, I love uh, Thomas Barkin's expression. Uh, he said, um, you know, they have to build up the confidence before we begin the process of toggling down rates. I like that. Toggling down rates as though they've actually got a little toggle, a little switch that they just flick <laughs> and rates start to go down. That must be the, yeah, uh, the, the, but they must need two people to toggle at the same time. I would have thought, can't I give it all Maybe to that's person. the new word we're all going to be using going toggle. forward. Toggle. Yeah, it, <laughs> it first. When will they toggle? Yeah, it first on the, uh, the morning call. So look, I also wonder whether uh, the sort of like this drifting that we talked about in bond markets today, we've got US CPI revisions tonight. Now, normally you'd think revisions, so what? But a year ago, the January figure was revised up quite a bit after the initial estimates, and that sort of set the direction for you know for the year that followed. So I guess there's some trepidation about whether we might see inflation actually being a bit higher than we thought it was, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. I th think that's sort of in, you know in the absence of, of any any major sort of data this week, um, you know I think it is it is gaining some attention and um, Fed Waller did comment, make a comment about it back in January saying that, you know, this was one piece of data that that they were, were watching um, and, you know, everyone recalls what happened last year when it was, um, what, when it was revised up. I mean, I'm seeing, <clears throat> excuse me, mixed mixed views on whether there's, there are going to be upward re revisions or downward revisions. Um, but I would say you know, you, you've currently got the six-month annualised Core PCE measure at 1.86. 
um, you know, any any downward revisions to that are clearly going to be um, positive to to the bond market. And I, and I think you know, pricing for March um, will quickly be be raised. Um, I still think the Fed would push back on on um, a, a cutting in cutting at the March March meeting. Um, so you know, May probably seems more 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 likely yeah, if we're lucky. The May toggle if we're lucky. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The May toggle, we're going to be calling that. Okay, so uh, and bonds definitely are getting absorbed quite easily, it seems. So we had, we talked about the 10-year, the, the record 10-year bond auction earlier in the week, 30 years just in the last hour or so, 25 billion worth, uh, and received well, it seems. So there's no concern about buying treasuries, even longer duration treasuries, it seems. Yep, they've, um, you know, very, very strong um, bond auction when you're looking at the demand stats. Um, and interesting to see the indirect bidding um, came in at its highest level in over a year, so you know you, you are you are seeing at, at these current yield levels um, strong demand for for bonds. And you know again, you talked about the ten-year note auction with Tapas yesterday. But you know, I, I think you know obviously what this is what's this telling us? What's just telling us that at these yield levels and and at this point in the cycle, um, you know, there's there's good interest in in buying treasury yields and. You know the the increased supply doesn't seem to be a, a hindrance to 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 demand. Um, so you know the, the the in the short term, sure uncertainty around bond supply may cause some volatility in in bond yields, but but ultimately you know the direction of yields will be dictated by the macroeconomic backdrop and what central banks are doing with cash rates. Yeah. Um, and the expectation is is that they're going to start cutting. Well, and look, the fact they might take longer before they do start to toggle. Um, I'm just getting into the pop popular lexicon now. Uh, I mean, the fact that it's going to take longer uh, is not helping Japan. So the deputy governor, Shinshi Uchida, if I've said that right, from the Bosch, from the Bank of Japan, uh, said uh, that today that they are unlikely to raise rates aggressively. Instead, they're you know, more likely to bail out risky investments like property, trust funds and ETFs. Uh, if they do see that, you know, inflation uh, needs tackling, if they did lift rates, basically said it would be 0.1% just to take them out of negative territory. So with words like that and the uh, higher for longer in the United States, that, you know, that differential is just amplified, isn't it? So no wonder we've seen a weaker yen overnight. Yeah. So so some, I, I guess, a bit sort of dovish comments out of <clears throat> out of the BO, BOJ over the last 24 hours. Um, yeah, I guess the... If you want to sort of one message you could take out from it is that they are talking about removing the negative policy rate. Um, so you know that, that we are getting closer to, to the time that tightening tightening begins. But you know, just just like every other central bank is is pushing back on on aggressive um, rate cuts. It looks like the the BOJ is doing the same thing on the other 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 side. Sort of they're sort of pushing back on. You know, pricing of of aggressive rate rate hikes, and you know, I think, you know, it, it's it's again, it's just it's just central banks being very cautious. Central banks not wanting to make a make a mistake. Um, mm. Central banks, you know, not wanting to have to start shifting policy and then have to turn course quick quite quickly. So oil up quite a bit today. I mean, it's surprising that we've been seeing oil drifting a bit lower, isn't it? Given all the uncertainty in the Middle East, but today, I mean, there was. You know, the, the news that the idea of a ceasefire has been rejected by Israel. So we know this war is going to go on for some time. So perhaps that's why we've seen a reaction. At the same time, earlier in the week, we had Saudi Arabia 
announcing that they're they are going to contain oil production at 12 million barrels because aramco had expansion plans and basically the saudi uh rulers have said no we want to keep it at 12 million keep keep it capped at 12 million to preserve the, for future generations but it's, it's mainly the benjamin benjamin netanyahu saying that the war is going to continue uh, more unrest in the region. Of course, we had those airstrikes on Iraq to take out the Hezbollah leader yesterday. So that's what's driving oil prices, obviously. Today, uh, Michelle Bullock is talking to the House of Reps, the Standing Committee on Economics, just a couple of days after she gave her first press conference. I presume this is her first appearance to the House of Reps as well. Uh, I'm sure they're going to ask lots of questions. I, I, they'll be too sensible to ask her about the cost of Taylor Swift tickets, but we know her views on that. <laughs> Uh, but do we know our views? Well, we know all of our views, really, because we've heard so much from her this week, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not sure that we will get um, too much new information out of out of this testimony. Um, you know, maybe a bit more clarity around um, the RBA's thinking. Um, you know, maybe she will get a question around, uh, you know, the assumptions of um, that are in the. Um, in their forecast for where the cash rate will be at the end of the year, she did get a few questions on that in the um, in the in the press conference where she sort of highlighted that that's not the RBA's forecast. Um, they're just assumptions that they use to generate their their growth and um, or the macroeconomic forecast. Um, but you know, yeah, um, I, I'm not really sure that we will get anything new. Um, from her today. Right. And, well, we're not going to get much at all today, really, because it is a fairly quiet day. Uh, the We had the deliberations of the last Bank of Canada meeting uh, overnight, uh, and they basically were saying that they are a way off rate cuts and they're worried about wage growth. Well, we'll see whether they should be worried because we get the average uh, hourly wages as part of the employment numbers, which are out today. That's expected to see unemployment rise a little bit from 58 to 5.9%. It's been rising steadily since it was at 5% last April, but we've been stuck at 5.8% for a couple of months. So I'm sure everyone would like to see you know signs that the, the, the labour market is perhaps easing a little bit. So there's that. Uh, I think that might be it. It's a bit more exciting next week, isn't it? We get a whole bunch of inflation numbers, Australian employment numbers, US retail sales. We've got some real numbers to work with next week, Sky. So uh, a bit more exciting. It's always exciting, Phil. It's always exciting. There's always something to talk about. (laughs) There we are. We talked on a very quiet day. We still managed to talk for 15 minutes. So we better get off now before before everyone starts booing. Uh, Have yourself a great weekend. Uh, Enjoy the weekend edition. We've got a good one this week. Um, And uh, we'll catch you soon. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, Samantha Palmer, who looks after Australia's visitor economy from Austrade, is uh, talking about how quickly the inbound tourism market is bouncing back and the trajectory that it was on before the pandemic, which is pretty impressive. If it can resume that trajectory, then that provides some real investment opportunities if you know the market. And you'll perhaps know the market a little bit more if you listen to the weekend edition, which is available from wherever you got this podcast from, from uh, the middle of the afternoon today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.